0: What's up, everyone? We're here for post-game Locked on Bucks as uh, Milwaukee blown apart at home by the Portland Trailblazers. There was no Giannis, but this was still uh, not exactly an impressive performance from the Bucks. and the defense continues to struggle. We know that they're playing some interesting lineups, but uh, we're going to get into that, the defensive side of the ball for the Bucks. It was Serge Ibaka's first game in Milwaukee as well, so we'll touch on that. Let's get into it.
1: Max him down. Giannis into the line. Spinning, fading shot. Up, down!
0: Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Came Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also from my work over at ESPN. Joining me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. As always, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day. Uh, and you might be waking up if you live in Milwaukee feeling a little disgruntled about the Milwaukee Bucks' lost to the Blazers, 122-107. to 107. Uh, Maybe this is all intertwined and we will get to it, Frank, in terms of Sergio Barker's uh, first game with the Bucks, certainly started optimistically. But do you want to start with the defense here? Uh, I tweeted some of the numbers at halftime. You spoke to uh, some of the issues that they've had or some of the schematic things that they could change. But again, uh, they were playing a Portland team that, let's just say, on paper, you should not be too fearful of as a team defense and they made them look silly for much of the night, particularly the first half.
1: Yeah. I mean, the defense is bad. (laughs) Like basically their best, (laughs) I mean, their best defensive attribute this year has been, we talked about the other day is that teams miss wide open shots against them, which is not even, uh, you know, unless you want to say that their Jedi defense is very good. Um, They, uh, you know, without Giannis, um, they once again, come out switching tonight. Again, I don't. I mean, is Bud just like trolling Drew and Giannis for complaining about the defense against Jokic uh, like a week or two ago? I don't know. Like, was he? It seemed like after that, they went to this like, all right, we're just going to switch everything, no help type of sort of approach. And you know, they papered over it by just hitting tons of threes in the first three games of that West Coast trip. But they were getting killed inside. Even, I mean, you know, we we talked about like the Laker game. Like, defense was not good even in some of those wins. And then they got just completely, you know, got the crap kicked out of them by the Suns. And then tonight again, the Blazers, you know, who are kind of just throwing caution to the wind and saying, "Eh, if we're bad, maybe we'll get a high draft pick Um, with Dame out, CJ gone, Norm Powell, Bob Covington gone. um, And didn't matter tonight. I mean, the Bucks just got torched. And of course, Giannis being out is a part of that. He's obviously your best defensive player. We don't even need to talk about Brook Lopez because he hasn't played since game one um but you know you add Serge Ibaka and then you come out switching everything even with Serge Ibaka it's like all right bud dude like point made like can you guys just like play defense that you know, sort of matches your personnel um we saw them go to go to that kind of drop scheme finally later in the second half so but at that point you know the game was I don't want to say completely out of reach um they were able to get back into it a little bit had some chances there late but you know ultimately couldn't get stops couldn't make shots you know Drew Holiday played, was kind of like the only Buck who scored consistently tonight, but he had some bad turnovers as well in the fourth quarter. Um, and Ned, net just, you know, kind of another kind of Bucks showing up. You know, another loss where it just seems like the Bucks kind of show up and feel like by virtue of showing up and being the champs, like that they're going to win a game and the other team actually like tries and then uh, they lose. So there, there's your game. Hashtag analysis right there, Kane.
0: Well, the schematic stuff, if you look at it from a big-picture point of view, is interesting, though, because I was thinking about it when you did sort of tweet the idea that, all right, you're switching. Why are you doing this? And it kind of reminds me of a couple of years ago, as we were talking about a couple of days ago on the podcast, when you had Marvin Williams, and you were just sticking in the drop coverage all the time. Now it's like it doesn't feel like they're exactly doing what benefits the personnel they have on the floor. And I've been for most of the season saying, okay, well, you don't have Brook Lopez out there. A lot of the times you're playing some weird lineups where maybe Bud is just like, eh, let's just try some things. We saw that he did do that last year. But I will say that we are getting to the point in the season when the All-Star break, and certainly after the All-Star break, where it probably feels like it's time to really knuckle down and try and figure some stuff out defensively. And if you do have Sergio Barker in the team, it does make sense that he would be a guy that you think, at least in theory, if he can move as, as in a in a mobile enough fashion to be an impactful defensive player, that he would be a guy that you can put in the drop scheme. And then Brook Lopez, who knows? Like you said, I mean, he hasn't been here all season, so it's not worth discussing what we've already seen. But moving forward, you can start to to play with that. And I would even argue that Bobby Portis, over the course of the last year or the last 18 months with the Bucs, he became more comfortable in the drop scheme as well in terms of his positioning. He's not a Brook Lopez, no. But I thought that he did make strides in that area of the game as well. And now they just haven't really done a lot of it, which is kind of just interesting to me. It does feel like it is the time to start, uh, like I said, tightening things up a little bit because that defensive rating in on the West Coast trip that I tweeted out was 115.8. And the only reason they were 3-1 and one is because their offensive rating was 126 on that West Coast trip, which is just unbelievable.
1: Yeah. I mean, it looks, you know, things, things look good when the bucks are hitting a lot of threes and you know, when you hit a lot of threes and you have Giannis, you're probably going to score a ton of points. And that's kind of what they did in those three wins. And then it dried up in Phoenix as they, you know, after the first quarter. So they stopped making shots. Giannis turns his ankle. Giannis doesn't really play the way he's played all previous two months. And here we go. Like, you know, I don't know how many times, it seems like Giannis sort of sprains his ankle like every four to six weeks and then misses like a game or two. Um, and, you know, that's, again, happens here. And, you know, again, it costs him, probably costs him a game. Just, you know, bad luck with Giannis turning the ankle. Not bad enough that he misses the rest of the Suns game. But, you know, even with a few days off, they obviously didn't want to rest it. And I, I'm kind of curious if they had, you know, a day or two off after this. Like, would Giannis have played? I don't know. Um, but the fact that it's a back-to-back anyway, you know, you're probably not thrilled to have to play Giannis back-to-back nights. Um, But now the downside is, you know, you ended up having to play Chris and Drew, not like a crazy amount of minutes, but they played in the mid thirties, I think more than they normally play. And now, you know, cause you couldn't take care of business and now you're gonna have to play them again tomorrow night against Indiana. And we'll obviously you hope that you have an easier time of it against the Pacers, but I mean, who knows, right? The Pacers are in actually a very similar situation as the Blazers right now, where they sort of reshuffled the decks a little bit. Terry's Halliburton has given them a nice spark and so we'll see i mean again they're they're kind of a team with nothing to lose kind of like the blazers so um again just a you know another opportunity lost and you know you slip uh what before the phoenix game they were second in the east now they're think fifth um I and mean, that's just kind of the way it goes like you piss away these games at home that you should win that's 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 you know route one to not having home court in the first round of the playoffs, especially with the way the east is this year
0: so on Giannis, uh, he did put up a uh instagram story uh then it looked like mariah was uh, walking down the street with a a bunch of flowers now when he actually posted that story i believe the game had already started so i would like to think and this is me just looking at Giannis who obviously is a terrific he wasn't he
1: wasn't on the bench to start the game was he i think i thought they made a comment during the game that like oh he was now on the bench so i don't know was he getting his his valentine's day's shit together is that what you're saying
0: i would like to think so we know that he's a family man we know that uh you know with the with the boys and his partner he is obviously uh they come first for him and his mom so i would like to think that he is such a good guy that he's like you know what this is a back-to-back guys Uh, i'm gonna warm up which he did do on the floor then i'm gonna zip out get a quick dinner with mariah valentine's day uh, look after Miguel, and then I'll come back and stand on the bench and we'll see how the boys are going. But I was watching this game tonight, and when it got back to eight points or six points, whatever it did in the fourth quarter, I did think to myself that if Giannis was playing this game, it's probably a game that the Bucks just win, and it's kind of unimpressive, but they pull it out. And I was like, oh, it would be nice if they could just win this game without Giannis out there. And uh, like we said, he's been carrying a big load. But in my opinion, Giannis, just a, a great uh, partner, great boyfriend, and he's just looking after him right. So shout out to him. Also, shout out to Bet Online, by the way. Football is over, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance, props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to Olympic coverage. It's nearly over. Any information, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every day. For your next listen, you should check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, first impressions of Serge Ibaka, Frank. Is there anything you want to take away from this game? We know overall it wasn't great. Anything that you noticed or anything stood out with Serge?
1: Well, he scored six points in the first few minutes and then didn't score the rest of the game. So that was... Uh feel like we were led on a little bit there Kane. I so thought um, he was on
0: track for 100.
1: Yeah, I know. Uh 3 for 3 there. He gets kind of a nice little dump off as I think it was from Drew um for a little short hook shot on a on a pick and roll. Um then kind of got lost. The Blazers just lost him and finds himself open for an open dunk and then it's a kind of right side um open jump shot. So Harding was saying like, "Oh wow, well you know, didn't didn't expect him to kind of fill in the scoring load with the <laughs> out but um here he is and then the rest of the game he misses his only three shots the rest of the game um missed a three in the fourth quarter wide open on the right side that you know was when the bucks were i think it was i don't know if, i don't feel was they were down nine or eleven or something like that but you know again not like it was to tie of the game or something but you know they needed that to kind of claw their way back in and he missed it um also missed a alley-oop attempt which i thought underscored this is not the serge Baca of toronto or certainly not oklahoma city um he got up could not dunk it caught it was going back down and missed a chip point blank layup um so offensively i think obviously we see that he has limitations interesting we really didn't see him you know popping to the to the three-point line really much at all or spotting up much at all only that one three-point attempt that's obviously been a pretty important part of his game you know really since his time in toronto um defensively i mean it was kind of hard to make much of it when he was switching for three quarters basically um thought he looked fine um we were debating between you and eric whether he had a block shot on the first (laughs) possession or not um he definitely had a block uh, a few you know a few minutes later um kind of on a help situation um thought he looked okay defensively um thought he certainly looked you know more comfortable um when he was dropping but uh again i mean honestly it's like they should play drop with with surge just because are the guards used to play to playing much drop defense at this point like they haven't really had to do it a whole lot this year so um, if nothing else you know getting surge in there and the fact that that's probably his best usage probably a good thing just because you know fingers crossed John Horst saying today that yes Brooke Lopez will be back and Pat Connaughton will be back this season we heard a month timetable for Pat that's good but um, you know if we're gonna See the Bucks play uh, the, the, their usual um, effective brand of drop defense with Brook Lopez. They probably need to start practicing that before he actually comes back. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's like, come on, guys. Like, just look, I, I get it. You're going to need to switch at times, you know, when you're playing Giannis at center and stuff like that. But continuing to kind of screw around with this for the past week plus with, with this constant switching, um, I, I don't know. I don't know what Bud's trying to prove. I don't know that those reps are really particularly helpful. I don't think you're going to be switching, you know, with <laughs> Greg, Greg, Greg but seeing Greg, the fact that they started doing it right when Greg Monroe showed up on his 10 day contract, I'm, I was always just like, man, are you really switching everything with Greg Monroe out there? Like, okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, can we just play like kind of the normal brand of defense here now that, that you've got Surge back there, like that would just be kind of a, a nice thing. Um, but, but we'll see. So, uh, you know, so yeah, he looked fine. Um, did not look great, um, but again, you know, first game, obviously, uh, just he's just trying to get into rhythm with with a new team. So, um, so we'll see. Obviously, you'd much rather see him up there, you know, with Giannis than than just with Bobby or just by himself or with Greg Monroe, right? Which I think we saw at one point as well. So, um, you know, I don't. I'm not going to say we we have any any type of sample here to make really any sort of um, you know grand judgments about the trade but um he looked okay so we'll we'll see hopefully he gets better as, as he gets a little more comfortable in the buck system and and hopefully the buck system starts to look like the system that actually we know that they can play with a, a guy like serge in it
0: uh, like all these guys uh you're right it, it, the bucks didn't acquire serge Ibaka to be the guy that's out there anchoring the defense by himself it's more about how does he look like next to Giannis how does he look next to Giannis when he's back in the lineup so to that point you are true I will say uh, early in the game when he got those couple of transition uh, baskets I think part of it was Portland just was not getting out of a walk on defense but nonetheless uh, Serge Barker looked like Usain Bolt out on the floor compared to DeMarcus Cousins when he was here so that was at least something that was at least something you can still move a little bit not sure about the vertical we'll see but yeah just one game uh, I was more intrigued than anything by the start. I was like, oh, okay, well, it can still move a little bit. We'll see uh, what it looks like moving forward. And, yeah, as we mentioned with Giannis there, as far as uh, different lineups go, I saw someone say that uh, the Bucks just look completely out of rhythm. I mentioned in our DM that at one point there was the much-vaunted lineup of Greg Monroe, Jordan Warer. And Lindell Wigginton. I mean, there's still some just crazy lineups that are out on the floor. Uh, where exactly are the Bucks at? And I'm just throwing a, this at you without giving you any warning. But in terms of the actual roster, I think Greg Monroe's 10-day is done tomorrow or the day after. It's around that anyway. So where just in terms of raw nu- the, the numbers, where the Bucks are at, we know they are going to add someone, we think. Uh, where are they at in terms of Greg Munro and, and all, all that type of roster numbers stuff?
1: yeah, I mean, they signed him, I think, the day of the uh, the first blazers game, which was a Saturday. So um I think I think either uh, either today would have been the last day of the ten day or tomorrow we'd have to double check. I mean, I, I can't imagine they want to keep him for an extra ten day right. to basically get one one, you know, if it's one like the Philly game by itself or whatever. like you know, each of those ten days, I think is about ninety six thousand bucks, which when you multiply it by the bucks tax figures, becomes like a four hundred thousand dollar cost roughly. So, um, you know, I'm just going to go on a limit say that they're not going to keep him over the All Star break. Just you know, just to be like ah, just yeah, just keep a keep another guy around. Um, so, m- my guess is again, we'll we'll see if if he's back, um, if, if he's gone to tomorrow or or not. But um, but I, I I doubt we'd see him on Thursday. Um, even though yeah, you could argue. One more body to throw at Joel Embiid, right? But um but I think that's no point. That's why you, you acquired Surge. So um so yeah, I mean basically, yeah, you're at you're at twelve guys. Um, you know, I thought Lindell Wigginton actually has given them like it's kind of one of these things like we've gotten so little production from Justin Robinson, and then I can't even remember who just the second let, guy is. Can
0: was. you just let Justin Wait, Robinson who? live? Let Justin Wait, Robinson the...
1: live, Frank. Well, who was the second <laughs> guy who was even worse? Why can't uh... I remember his name? That was... Uh... Oh, my God. I can't remember. I can't believe I forgot. I can't wow, remember. This is sad. People people are like, you guys are listening to this and like probably yelling out his name, wondering why we can't remember. I'm, I'm going to look. So this is embarrassing. This is embarrassing. Um, Javante Smart. Oh, yeah. Javante Smart. He had uh, the 26% field goal percentage with the Bucks. Justin Robinson was at 32%. Javante Smart was at 26%. Um, Lindell Wig- Wiginton at least looked kind of frisky, but um, but yeah, I, I don't think that they uh, are excited about the idea of Lindell Wigginton being their um, backup point guard here as long as George Hill is out. Although John Horst did at least to... John Horst did give a very confident impression of George Hill returning soon, presumably after the All-Star break. So I guess that's at least somewhat reassuring, but... Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously we saw it today, you know, Jordan wore off 17 points on 14 shots. Okay. You know, that, that seems okay. But um, man, just defensively, it's, it's not good. Right. I mean, you just think about the defense from, from him. Um, and I uh, mean, Chris, I thought Chris's defense today was really bad. Chris had like no energy. I mean, he, he almost had a Russell, I mean, he basically had like a Russell Westbrook type line, 16 points on three for 15 shooting. He was 0 for 6 in the second half, um, 1 for 8 from 3, did go 9 out of 10 from the free throw line, 11 rebounds, 9 assists. So he almost gets the, you know, um, useless triple-double. Um, but he just, man, he just struggled to get into a rhythm all night. And um, I just thought defensively in that second quarter, right? I mean, that really turned the tide of the game. Every quarter was decided by one point other than the second quarter when the Blazers scored 40. And it just felt like the the bench guys came in and just felt like Watford and Greg Brown and Ben McElmore. It just, it just felt like they had so much more energy and just, they were just flying up and down the court. And that kind of just felt like that kind of turned the tide of the game. And then, and then name Free Simon's just started hitting some threes. And all of a sudden, you know, I think it was, what was the score? Like 44 or 43 or something like that. The bucks were winning. And then by the time halftime rolls around, um, it's 71 54, right? It was like a 28 to, um, whatever it was 28 to 10 finish to the quarter and bucks just kind of got their doors blown off and just never seemed to break, break a, break a sweat really. So, um, so yeah, I mean, again, it's just kind of like it's February. Probably not feeling, I don't know, super motivated for the bucks right now, I guess. Um, But okay. Then you're going to be the fifth seed (laughs) like, you're not gonna have home court. So um so that's just something they're they're gonna have to, you know. I, again like we've had this conversation a bunch of times. We had it last year, you know. It's like all right. If you guys don't wanna, you know, I don't I don't wanna make it seem like they're just dogging it or something like that, but um it just doesn't seem like there's there's a great deal of focus um night to night necessarily.
0: Well, I've got something that can help with that. Bilpa. Uh, the best tasting protein bar that's ever been made. And this is the time of year that uh, sometimes you give up on your New Year's resolutions. But if you're an NBA player, sometimes you can lack a little bit of energy. And we know that heading into the All-Star break. Certainly the Bucks have played like that uh, a little bit. So maybe tonight uh, they're at home. Maybe they should get into the Puffs. Because if uh, the Bucks players haven't tried uh, the Puffs, they're one of the Built Bar's best tasting. I think tasting I think the
1: Bucks defense was a little too much into the Puffs. But I don't know. That maybe could maybe true. less, maybe more some of the others, the other stuff, a little bit of coconut, a little less, fewer puffs.
0: But they're uh, all healthy uh, for you. That's the point. That's true. So it doesn't matter what you think. You listen to it and you think, well, it's it's crazy. The puffs are they're covered in 100% chocolate. Uh, it, they're infused marshmallows. So you think to yourself, well, that can't be good for you, but you'd, you'd be wrong. Most built bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. So they're better than any other bar out there. There's no doubt about that. Uh, so if you're a box player listening to this podcast or you're just a, a, a listener and every day, Joe, like me, then go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Frank, I don't know if we have much more to add from this game tonight. Uh, no. I, I certainly don't. Uh, I haven't really... Spoke to you since the trade deadline, though. Is there anything in... If we talk about the East landscape. Is there anything you want to get off your chest about what happened? Because I do think that we've been looking at this, and I know it's a couple of days ago now, but we've been looking at this and wondering about the Sixers and wondering about the Nets. Uh, is there any team you feel better about? Do you feel worse about the whole situation? Where did you sort of lie uh, after everything went down?
1: I mean, I think it was overall like in terms of like bucks championship odds i would say it was a negative day for the bucks overall just because great yes you know i think brooklyn just uh, moving on from the mess that they were sitting with harden and just whatever negative chemistry just seemed to be boiling over there right i mean ultimately the nets obviously it's it's kind of hard to judge them until kd comes back um especially now you know with simmons also isn't playing yet we'll see if, when he comes back but um but i think certainly like you know helps kind of turn the page for them so they can you know again are are they a better team you know with a healthy ben simmons versus what they were with a theoretically healthy james harden i'm not sold on that exactly i mean james harden is generally a better player than ben simmons but i think there's an argument that certainly when you factor factor in especially you know the the chemistry question that they could be better off so you know again i think Important for the Nets. They're in a they'll be in a better place, most likely. Um and then Philly, I think, is interesting. I mean, Philly was obviously they've been good. I mean, they're now ahead of the Bucks in the standings. Um, you know, Joel Embiid is is making his case. I think, you know, if if, if the if the Sixers finish ahead of the standings, I'm then Embiid should finish ahead of Giannis in the you know, it's good. That's just I mean again, like I'm I'm oversimplifying, but like you know, we were talking about <coughs> our MVP pal today. I think I would go um Jokic uh, MB Giannis as the only, those are the only real three, I, I think are serious competitors for the, the MVP. I forget where you came in. Were you, did you have uh, Giannis ahead of MB or what were you? At? No,
0: no, I had Giannis mb uh, sorry, sorry. Jokic, MB Giannis. That, that was my yeah. top three at the moment. A lot of it comes down to standings type stuff and you can yeah. make, people can make their cases that clearly you watch the box tonight and you say, I think Giannis might be valuable to this team. It's the same, it's the same as every star player. They really.
1: So I think the, um, so I I think the MVP thing is like you know if the Bucks are fifth there's no freaking yeah. way Giannis is winning. MVP, I think that's right? fair. Yeah. Um. And and again we can say like well we're splitting hairs here like it's just such a small difference. It's true but like whatever like all these guys are great. I, I honestly I'm I don't know I'm I'm just not gonna get that bent out of shape. I think Jokic from a regular season night to night standpoint, I mean his the productivity he puts up is just astounding. And again his defense obviously is not is theoretically impactful as, as, um, Giannis and, and even Embiid, but, um, but his offense is just so crazy good and just <laughs> everything like, it, I mean, he can just carry an offense the way I just don't think Giannis and, and Embiid can. So, um, so anyway, but, uh, I think, so I think the Sixers is interesting though, because I mean, I don't think the Sixers had the upside, uh, you know, as a team, the way they were previously constructed with Ben Simmons sitting on the bench or sitting at home. Um, that to to be you know kind of like real championship like upper echelon um so i think again harden's like i mean again is there a scenario where harden you know becomes toxic there as well or doesn't mesh with Embiid, or you know the fact that they've they had to obviously give up multiple pieces for him and you know defensively he's not a good mesh because he always wants to switch but you're not going to switch with a drop center like like mbd you know there's stuff to work kind of work out there but I think just as far as you know Gerald morey he always just prioritizes like just give yourself the best chance at winning a championship and I think this improves their chances of winning a championship I think that you know the odds again they may have high bust potential as well still but I think at least this year we'll see we'll see how long it lasts right we'll see what you know if you give James harden a 60 million dollar year extension and you know how, how you're going to feel about that a couple of years from now but at least this year, I think, you know, they have, they have hired, you know, kind of championship equity than they did before. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, I think, you know, the Cavs, I don't know. It just doesn't really seem like the Cavs, you know, should be able to beat th- these other teams we're talking about in the playoffs, just given their lack of experience, given the youth, relative youth, given the fact that they don't really have like a go-to superstar score the way, you know, all these other teams have, <coughs> but you know, kudos to them. I mean, they've been playing big, and it's been working really well. And at least from a regular season standpoint, they're they've been a team to reckon with. Um, I think Miami, you know, interestingly, had a pretty quiet day. Um, but you know, you can argue they didn't. They had the least that they kind of had to do anyway. Really, it's just about them staying healthy and then seeing if they can kind of keep keep things all clicking um, and and get to the get to the postseason. And the Bulls also kind of not doing anything. You know, Zach Levine sounds like he's getting his knee further evaluated. So that, again, they've had a lot of injury concerns and they've been really bad against the, the kind of the really elite teams. So, you know, kind of we'll see. But um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I've heard kind of comments like, you know, stuff to the effect of like, well, you know, and to be clear, like, I mean, listen to like Zach Lowe, Bontemps, Windhorse, all these guys like talking about the East. I mean, I feel like the default position of most people is still like the Bucs are like the team that you kind of like feel like you can still trust, even though they haven't looked great. Um, it still feels like they're the most known quantity just because we saw them win a championship. Um, so we shouldn't act like teams are, you know, that like the media is like sleeping on the Bucks or something like that. I mean, there's still a lot of people who think the Bucks are probably the best bet to come out of the East just because of kind of the known factor quantity. Um, but What's that you know, meme?
0: I've, you know that meme where, um, who is it? Is it like, is it Squidward where he's holding the championship? He lifts his sunglasses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's the media like they look at the box scores night to night they're like "Ah, the Bucks lost to Portland Ah, no Giannis okay I'm going back to sleep they're still they're still the favorites like that's what it feels like
1: that's it it, it's funny like nobody has really been raising the alarms on the Bucks being like meh all year um so I think as fans like we need to at least acknowledge that you know (laughs) as much as we want to act like you know people don't respect the Bucks and blah 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 like, actually, a lot of people really respect the Bucks and just don't really worry about them. And nobody tries to, you know, turn it into a big drama. You know, Zach was, like, almost trying. He was, like, almost, like, should be we bored? And I think it's fair to, like, wonder, it's, like, how, you know, it's fair to ask the question, like, do they deserve this to just not even be kind of questioned? Um, and, again, as I think our, our general response would be, like, yeah, question them until Brooke Lopez comes back and looks good. Because if, you, if you're not getting Brooke Lopez back, then – obviously in a much worse place although again then surge the surge acquisition is going to be really important um more important than we'd want it to be um so i think i mean i think the last point i would make on this is you know i, I i've seen a mean throughout the season like you'll you'll see people kind of like make the uh, kind of relay the idea that like well you know even if the bucks are fourth or fifth or sixth whatever I don't think there's a team that can beat them in the East or like, I'm, I'm still confident. Like they're the best team in the East, whatever. And it's, and this year, I mean, even you go down to the standings, it's like the Celtics have the best point differential in the East. I think now they've been playing much better basketball than the Bucs have for quite a while. Now they've been beating up on a lot of bad teams. They finally had some decent wins of late. And again, it's like, I'm not going to look at the Celtics and be like, Oh, I'm going to pick them in a series over the Bucs. But it's like, in two months who knows what could happen with injuries who knows what could happen with teams form and you know drama things like that fortunately the bucks have generally avoided drama but like to act like there's just no way that like all these other teams could beat the bucks in in a series like i don't think that's true at all right i mean we've seen the bucks have horrible shooting series and normally they've been able to overcome that but um you know again especially with the injury concerns that they have um i think there's five or six teams that there's a version of the world where they could beat the bucks in a playoff series again doesn't mean that there's five or six teams i bet on beating the bucks but i think it's possible you know i think it's not a non-trivial thing that could happen and that's certainly something different than what we've had in previous years where you know the first couple of years of the butt era it was like uh you know pistons magic like you just
0: you know, yeah, I mean, I, to the- I mean, my counter to that would be that we didn't think... I, I certainly didn't think they were winning the title last year. And a week before the first round started, we're asking whether they should lose a game to dodge the Miami Heat. So oh. a lot of shit happens between now and the postseason. And yes, you need Giannis. You probably need Brook. We've both said, do you think they're winning the title without Brook? Probably not. But I think for our perspective, we say, well, we're not sure. But we said we weren't sure last year. From the outside media perspective, I think it's just an illustration of... <coughs> How quickly the narrative shifts from well, Giannis has got to prove it to the playoffs, and now all hell can be breaking loose, shit can be falling all over the place. But because Giannis has won a title, they're like the Bucks are fine; they got Giannis, yeah. they'll be able to figure it out. It's just crazy yeah. how it works.
1: Yeah, well, it's because it's like it's not really an interesting media narrative anymore, right? You're right. Yeah. Yeah. he signed sure. his extension. He's won a championship. It's not really. There's not really like you know mud you can rake. There's not like drama you can kick up by by sort of stirring the pot around it, but um as far as like you know are the bucks some sort of untouchable entity that's gonna you know again be able to just blow the doors off of you know all but one or two teams in the east no i i think they're they're gonna have to be playing much better basketball than we've seen now and as you said they got to that spot last year but you know again i'll say it again every playoff series you know playoffs are just a series of small sample sizes what if they lose that game one against the Heat, right? Well, probably still beat the Heat, right? You'd be shocked, given how that series went, that there's a scenario where the Bucks lose it, given what we saw. But you just never know. And, again, I, I still would love to know what the hell happened with the Heat in that playoff series. That was still one of just a bizarre playoff series, right? Jimmy Butler
0: getting out the You can be too locked, it's, it's, it's too locked in. It's it's physically awful
1: to be too, too locked, locked in. in.
0: There's, a, there's locked a sweet in. spot. where you, If you're locked in, you're in a good spot. Uh, once you get the stupidly locked in, the, the
1: scales tip. It's too far. G- Jimmy had too much of his big head coffee, you know. Just exactly, right. too much. Just, just uh, went straight to his brain. Yeah, I don't know. So Still- it's just, yeah. Long story short, um, I would like, uh, I would like the Bucks to finish with the top three seed, so Giannis can win another MVP, and ideally, maybe that gives you a little bit more favorable matchup in the playoffs. At least you get four home games. Um, More also more home games means more revenue, which means more willingness to spend, hopefully, in the offseason when they're gonna be facing another gargantuan luxury tax bill. So that's another kind of random reason to uh to hope for uh um home more more home playoff games. But uh yeah.
0: All right, let me tell you about your boy Q and handicapping extra least telling.
1: My boy, he is my boy.
0: Check out Frank's boy Q <laughs> and handicapping next to at least on the Locked On Bets podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, check those guys out. Anyway, the Bucks play the Pacers tomorrow, today, depending on when you're listening to this, Tuesday night, local time. Uh, check out that game. Hopefully the Bucks can get bounced back. Hopefully Giannis, fresh off a lovely Valentine's Day dinner, will be ready to go against the Pacers and the Bucks can pick up a win. Two more games till the All Star break. We'll be back after the game to wrap it up. Frank and myself. Catch you guys in.